Welcome back to season 11, episode 26 of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the extraordinary lectures from the Doctors of Experience 2023. My name is Dr. Stefano Bini. I work at the University of California, San Francisco in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery, and I will be your host for this podcast. Now, this next episode is the first of four that you'll hear with Mohan Nair as the moderator. This first talk is from John Bass about the startups and the intersection of innovation and blockchain in healthcare. Please join me as we welcome John Bass to the DocSF stage. So here we go. This last part of our sessions, there are a bunch of people still there. I'm trying to chase them in here because I think the next few sessions that we're going to have 15 minute rounds of conversation. And I think in conversing with them myself, I spent an hour with each one of these speakers prior to this moment to get to know them and to understand their theme and their direction. And I must tell you that I think what you will meet four people, because there's two in one session, Four people who are transformative, innovative thinkers who actually are activating what they're speaking about. And I hope you come out of this next three sessions realizing that it is people that create ideas, not ideas finding people. So I hope you see in them people you want to follow up with, someone you want to ask more questions on. Now we have to excuse the fact that they're going to come on stage to give them a subject to kind of handle. So let me just say that the first speaker is named John Bass. John, are you here? Yes, you are. He's all ready. He's got his mic. The mic is over there. John is kind of the startup of all startups. He formulates purpose-built institutions. He's the CEO and managing director of a firm called Hash Health. He has coached several, several startups into becoming what they deserve to be. So he designs the story, the narrative is what I understand, and then he throws it together. Come on up, John. Welcome, John, please. Now, before he starts his uh, conversation, the shorter I spend up here, the more you see him. So just let me give a formal introduction. Besides Hash Health, he is a mountaineer. And I found out that he loves mountains and 11 times he's climbed Longspeak. So if you're talking about risk-taking with the right preparedness, you've got a guy who knows how to do that. He's also very sentimental about it because his grandmother was the one who to kind of brought him into the idea of walking the edge of mountains. And I think you want to put this mentality into the fluidic flow of how he's going to introduce the concept, which is titled. We are talking about startups, innovation, and blockchain technologies. Exactly. And he's going to put his own flavor climbing that mountain. Please, <laughs> John. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be invited back. I spoke on blockchain last year, and I'm going to give you an update on what's happening in the space this year. I'm also going to talk about innovation generally and venture studios and the venture studio model. And I've got a background and it's good to see a lot of old friends here. I, I was in the MSK space for a while and I started my career at Division of Trauma at Vanderbilt. And so I know enough to be dangerous about what you all do. And it's an honor and a privilege to be back with people that I, I think we think alike. But throughout my career, I've been fortunate to be a part of a lot of different startups. And I used to think I was so innovative and like a lot of you, I thought I was really innovative back in the mid nineties when I graduated from college and I was in the division trauma at Vanderbilt and I built their first website. And then a few years later, I thought I was super innovative when I was with GHX and I was traveling around teaching nurses and hospital staff how to use the internet in 99, 2000. And then 
about 10 years later in 2009, we started working with the, kind of a lot of the ACE demonstration sites on the early bundle payment initiatives. And I thought that was super innovative. Throughout that career, I was always preaching about how I was saving money and reducing costs and improving care. And I really think I was just being cute because when across my career, healthcare expenditures have tripled, well, is that really innovation? 10 years ago, there were zero healthcare companies in the top 20 largest companies by revenue. Now there are eight, and there are all these big pipeline businesses. You've got Apple and Microsoft and you know, a bunch of platform businesses and technology companies, and you have these healthcare behemoths that are all old pipeline kind of dinosaur business models that are just crushing it. The biggest of those is CVS, and they make 60% of their revenue off their PBM. And so that's what innovation's been doing throughout my career. Innovation, if you talk to Clayton Christensen, it's about what's been happening is we've been building sustaining innovations, and we've been building efficiencies that are all driving profits towards these large organizations. And Christensen would say that at some point there, and I think we're seeing it, the urgent imperatives are changing the basis of competition. I think you're seeing competition changing in a lot of different ways. And it's driving stakeholders to look at new strategies and business models and innovation capabilities. And what we're seeing is that lots and lots of venture capital organizations, lots and lots of enterprises are all trying to get good at early stage product development now. And the venture studio model that we've adopted is now expanding to more and more types of organizations. And I think that's a trend that you'll see continue to accelerate. I think we've got basically three problems. One is healthcare innovation seems like this kind of $4 trillion game of whack-a-mole. You kind of knock out costs in one area and then just pops up in another area. We optimize for zero resistance. Is it really like innovation these days is like you optimize it to disrupt and make it as easy as possible to implement instead of optimizing for stress and learning and true innovation you're optimizing for like zero resistance and also the third problem is i don't think we think weird enough throughout my career i've kind of moved down this spectrum of weirdness our research team at hash health is this is a very scientific study that we've done that scales weird to not weird and some works kind of somewhere in the middle this is kind of the Web3 and blockchain people down here. And then that's your typical healthcare company over at the other end. When I talk about weird, here's what I mean. You, your organizations, do you innovate in ways that reinforce the status quo? Do you innovate based off of design patterns that are working for your organizations? Most companies do. Or are you open to failure? How does your management team, your leadership team handle failure? Do you optimize for challenging assumptions and challenging traditional business patterns instead of relying on them? Are you playing conservatively or are you playing to win? I've spent the last six years working on blockchain and Web3 and healthcare, and there's nothing weirder than that. I've spent the last two years innovating around the venture studio model in healthcare, and I'm going to tell you kind of what I know. Now, this is going to be fast. I've got a lot to cover, so I'm going to move pretty quick. Web3 is about the ownership of digital assets. And we think about kind of these four different things when we talk about blockchain and Web3. We talk about the technology blockchains, we talk about digital assets, we talk about DAOs or decentralized autonomous organizations, we talk about the metaverse. Blockchains are good at proving the ownership of digital assets. And if there's one thing that you remember, it's that. It's about 
the ownership of digital assets in an increasingly digital world, blockchain web three is about the ownership of the things that are tokenized or digitized in that world. Do you want to own things in virtual environments, in digital environments? The blockchain is how you do that. Or if you don't have the blockchain, then you're trusting a centralized organization with the ownership of your assets. So the value proposition of blockchains are trust, transparency, and incentive alignment. And it enables you to move these assets programmatically. And I'll talk about that more in just a minute. And blockchains are credibly neutral and they make commitments. And so these are important things in a healthcare environment where you've got all these value chains that suffer from issues related to trust and transparency and incentive alignment. Supply chains, what we did at GHX, you got big organizations that sit in the middle of those value chains and soak up a lot of value. We talked about the PBM a minute ago. You know, if there were any industry that could benefit from things like community ownership and open innovation, it's healthcare. We talk about the second thing is digital assets. Digital assets can be what, fungible or non-fungible. Fungible assets are things like Bitcoin and Ethereum and stable coins and central bank digital currencies. Non-fungible tokens are things like art, music, claims moving through a claims lifecycle, patients moving through an episode of care, supplies moving through a supply chain. These are unique digital assets that can be tracked. The state of those assets can be tracked on a blockchain by a network of organizations who all care about what is true about the state of that digital asset. Digital assets are held in wallets on your phone and they, or on another device, and they can be programmed. The movement of those assets can be programmed. So these digital assets, you can program what happens when they change their state. DAOs are community-owned autonomous organizations. It's basically a group of people or a group of enterprises that are all sharing a treasury and aligned around a common cause. They're all interested in the state of a patient moving through an episode of care or some digital asset that's being traded, tracked on a blockchain. Crypto over the last 10 years, starting with Bitcoin, is the fastest rate of adoption of any technology in human history. And so there's a lot of pressure on crypto lately, but I don't think that general trend is going to change. Now let's talk about Venture Studios for a quick, and then we'll bring these things together. Venture Studios, like what we do at Hashed, are innovating innovation. And what I mean by that is we use a process for building startups that focus on kind of an iterative, intentional series of activities that are designed to maximize the value of the startup and de-risk failure. When we bring an idea into our process, we spend about three months validating that idea. We do business architecture, technical architecture, lots and lots of customer interviews. We start looking for who's the type of person that would run the company. And then at some point, once we've kind of validated and kind of assessed all the risk, the technical risk, business risk, usability risk, all the different types of risk, and we feel good about like we know what we're doing, we'll switch into delivery mode and we'll start spending real money in real time. First prototyping a product, then building a product, recruiting a co-founder, recruiting customers, recruiting investors, and doing all the legal and formation work to stand up a new company. So by the time we spin something out, we've done everything we can to de-risk that company. And if you follow that process, the data tells you that you're faster to seed, faster to A, and you got a better internal rate of return and better TVPI. The metrics are clearly superior to startups which fail 90% of the time and enterprise innovation activities that are successful 25% of the time. 
so that's what studios do. So I've talked about blockchain, I've talked about studios, and now I'm gonna tell you about some of the startup trends that are going through our process. And so here are the design patterns that we focus on. Now, I will tell you, for example, of the seven companies that are in Hashed Health's process currently, two are blockchain, and the rest are what I would call blockchain-inspired. You don't always need a blockchain to optimize for trust and transparency and incentive alignment. We only use that technology when it provides a clear differentiating value in a unique business model, especially in a B2B environment where people generally know and trust each other. You don't always need a blockchain to create a solution that fits one of these design patterns. So these are the design patterns we focus on, communities and community curated data. We do a lot of exchanges in marketplaces. We do a lot of programmable value transfer work, which means you can start to program the movement of money and assets across a network. And we're starting to do a lot of work around token gating, which is where we use a non-fungible token that represents access to certain information by the community. I'm gonna hit some highlights here. I don't know if I'll have time to talk about all of this, but I'll be available after the meeting here for any questions. So let's talk about one design pattern around communities. We have a couple startups. One is called Peer Supply that's bringing together communities of suppliers and providers to focus initially on resiliency across that. So there are basically the members of this network, which represent about 35% of the provider world, are all starting to share information with each other on this exchange in order to create business continuity and resiliency initiatives. So how do we start to work as a community to understand critical items, equivalencies for those items that might go on back order and back order information across the network. So that's one example of a community bringing together a community of organizations who are all generating data and are now sharing that data with each other in a community database in order to get smarter about efficiency and business resiliency and business continuity. Another startup we have in this area is called Subpop. And basically it can bring together self-insured employers into a community to improve how they source and contract for the benefits for their employees. So again, bringing together a bunch of organizations whose HR departments really are terrible about sourcing benefits for their employees. How do they get smart together? How they share information with each other? And how do they kind of get together around the sourcing and contracting and the outcomes of the benefits for their employees? So this is a trend that we are very focused on around bringing together communities to solve shared problems. There are a couple other examples I can share with you after this that also kind of fit in some of these, especially exchanges and marketplaces category. So unfortunately, we're out of time. I think the kind of final point I'll leave you with here is that blockchain, Web3, and kind of this Michael Porter shared value creation concept allows us to start thinking about bringing together important technical, social, and economic forces into the solutions that we create. And so how do you fuse these things together and create a new improved relationship between commerce and care? And I hope we get it right because this is critically important. Happy to stick around and answer any questions that you have after the conference. Thanks everybody. Thank you for listening to the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. If you find the talks as informative and topical as we do, we would love it if you could share this episode with your friends and leave us a nice review on your podcast player of choice. It would mean a lot to us if you did, and we really thank you for it.